Good morning. I want to welcome you this morning, this Sunday morning, to our devotional, Golden Nuggets, Food for Thought and for the Imagination. If you've been following with us, we have been talking about the three little words, in the Spirit. And we began our teaching uh, with the book of Galatians, something that was said there. And it said in Galatians 3.3, Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? So that's going to be the contrast between the two things that we're going to be talking about. And of course, we were using this and applying it to uh, prayer. Uh, praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost. And right now we are in the book of Romans in chapter 8. In fact, the entire chapter 8 of Romans is amazing. If you ever really want to study something that will help you distinguish and understand the difference between the spirit and the flesh. Chapter 8 of the book of Romans will do that for you. But today, we're not studying the whole chapter. We're just going to be covering uh, some verses that we want to emphasize. And I will kind of like be staying in just some verses a little bit longer the teaching is already all prepared and everything, and I may not get to all of it, but we will cover what we can. Starting off in Romans, the contrast between the flesh and the spirit. It says in Romans chapter 8, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. And remember, the emphasis is going to be in the Spirit. John was in the Spirit on the island of Patmos in chapter 1, verse 10. In chapter 4, uh, he is caught up into heaven in the Spirit. In chapter 17, he is taken by the messenger that is with him up into the wilderness in the Spirit. In chapter 21... In the Spirit, John is shown the new Jerusalem. So it is important for us to understand not only in the Spirit as a concept, but as what had happened or has happened to the life of the believer when he comes to Christ. Or or, or when an individual comes to Christ and is a believer, there's many mis-erroneous concepts that kind of keep us bound and tied up because of it. But this will help us understand a little bit more. And like I've mentioned before, maybe little nuggets, something food for thought, for the heart, for the imagination, for the spirit, something to think about. So, verse 5, it says, For they that are after the flesh, once again the contrast is made, do mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. So here now, uh, taking the word those that mind, basically those that exercise the mind or entertain or have sentiments or opinions concerning either the flesh or the Spirit. And the difference is going to be day and night. To be able to distinguish them, there is a fine dividing line between what is flesh and what is spirit. So we see here also as a key factor, a clue, that one of the things that is going to be involved in understanding 
what it is to be in the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, living in the Spirit, is that the mind has to be renewed, has to be renovated. According to Romans in chapter 12, verse 1 and 2, we are taught, we are taught, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice. For what purpose? That we may find out what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. But then he goes on to say, but this can only be accomplished, be not conformed to this world, but be renewed. Be renewed by the transformation, the metamorphosis of your mind. In Ephesians in chapter 4, in verse 21, it says, be renewed in the spirit of your mind. Then in verse 6 of Romans chapter 8, for to be carnally minded is death. In other words, to constantly be thinking on that which is of the flesh, that which is not of the spirit, leads to death. And, and by that, it means everything can lead to a certain type of death. Financial problems and debts and things like that can lead to bankruptcy, which, which, which one would call basically the death of your finances the the death of a marriage whether it's in divorce or separation the 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 death of 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 a relationship uh, so many things so to emphasize ourselves and put our energies and strength and time and investments on those things which are carnal is going to result in death but to be spiritually minded is life and peace and Jesus did say, I have come that you might have life. And that life is not biological life. It's not psychological life. But it is the type of life that Jesus had in himself. The Father has given the Son life. And in that life is the sustaining force of God that doesn't need to eat, doesn't need to drink, doesn't need to sleep. That life is sustained by God himself. So the scripture goes on and it teaches us in verse uh, number 7. Because the carnally minded is enmity against God. For, to, for, for, for it is not subject. In other words, a mind that has not been disciplined. A mind that is not under self-control like it says in 2 Timothy 1.7. Then... You don't have dominion. You don't have self-control. And if that is taking place, then basically it is fighting against God, fighting against His Word, fighting against His will. Not only does it say that the carnal mind is enmity against God, but it says it will not be subject to the law of God. That's why there can be so much rebellion between those that do not know God and even those that know God and go against his word. Because it will not, a carnal mind will not subject, it will not submit, it will not surrender to the law of God. And then it says, neither indeed can be. In other words, it's impossible. So what's the only way to deal with it? Having it renewed and transformed. Having that metamorphosis to take place. This leads us to verse number 8. 
It says, So then, they that are in the flesh cannot please God. And of course, we can add more to that. It's not just not simply being in the flesh, but if you're walking in the flesh, it is impossible to be walking by faith. And that's why it says in Hebrews in chapter 11, verse 6, But without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Another reason is, in Romans fourteen twenty three, you know, if anyone doubteth, he's damned. And if he eat, because he eateth not of faith. For whatever, whatsoever is not of faith is sin. So it is impossible to please God if one is walking in sin. How does one walk in sin? By walking in the flesh or minding or giving our attention to the things that are of the flesh. But it says in verse number 9, But you are not in the flesh, but in the Spirit, if so be that the Spirit of God dwell in you. Now, if any man have not the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. And we are going to take that scripture, and on Monday morning, we are going to dissect it and literally find out the distinction between you are not in the flesh, but you are in the Spirit, because we have been translated into the kingdom of light from the kingdom of darkness. We have been seated in heavenly places with Christ, and we have been blessed with every spiritual blessing. But we'll have to wait until we, we get to Monday. Until then, the Lord bless you. The Lord keep you. May His Word truly, deeply, and richly be rooted in you, and you be grounded in His love. May the peace of God, the shalom of God, totally, 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 totally garrison and guard your mind and your heart. Until we meet again, the Lord bless you. Amen.